You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. Before we kick this episode off, a special thank you to our partners, Starkey Hearing Technologies. Hear better, live better. Oticon, life-changing technology. Sonic, every day sounds better. Redux, faster, drier, smarter, verified. On this episode, we have American Ninja Warrior, Nolan Gardner, and Cochlear Implant Wear. Nolan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Blaze. I appreciate the invitation, and I look forward to our conversation. Hello, everyone. And hey, Charlie, I hear you're a ninja fan. Hello, Charlie. Awesome. Yes, my nephew Charlie is a huge American Ninja Warrior fan, so thank you for that shout-out, Nolan, really. So, Nolan, you wear a cochlear implant. Share with us your hearing journey. I do currently wear a cochlear implant, and how I got to where I am today, I was born in 1991, and my mom noticed I wasn't really responding to different sounds, brought me to the doctor. doctor said, oh, it's probably just a late thing. Eventually turned out to be hearing loss, diagnosed at six months, got hearing aids at seven months. And even with the best hearing aids at the time, I was still not receiving speech sounds because I had a profound hearing loss. So then my mom found out information about the cochlear implant. She also did all her research into all the different options that she had. And she figured, you know, the cochlear implant was the best route for me and qualified to be a candidate. However, came the long battle with insurance at the time because it did get denied back in the early 90s. However, my mom was able to fight for it and she was able to go to the courts and eventually the California Children's Services covered it. That's incredible because... Your mother was definitely on the front lines of when insurances, of course, were on the fence of covering cochlear implants. And of course, you were an infant. And it is Mm -hmm. so important that, especially if children present with hearing loss, number one, to discover that the infant or newborn has hearing loss and doing something about it. That is wonderful. So thank you to Mrs. Gardner for fighting in the good fight and getting you into your cochlear implant. That is amazing. Now, Back in the early 90s, cochlear implant was essentially something newer. Did your classmates tease you about the implant at all? Growing up, I actually never was bullied or teased or, you know, made fun of other than the typical, you know, friendly tease between my friends and I. But, you know, being on the public and around all the other students and just out of the community, never was bullied or teased. I had a great experience and I was very fortunate for that. That is so wonderful to hear because, again, we are on a mission to remove that stigma associated with hearing instruments and the use of wearing hearing technology. So that is so wonderful. Nolan, you are an athlete. You were very much and still are into sports. Tell us what sports you played. Oh, geez. All the sports. All right. Let's see. (laughs) Um, Growing up, I did baseball. I did flag football. I wanted to do tackle, but my mom, you know, was like, no, you're going to damage your processor and all that stuff. Now growing up, I understand it. I did volleyball built indoor and beach. I did soccer and then I did swimming and water polo. And, you know, those are my two favorite sports and swimming eventually became my main sport. 
those were all like kind of the main sports I did. So when you are an athlete, and of course, whether it be at practice or you're actually competing in a game, communication is so important. And especially when it comes to swimming and diving, of course, you are not going to wear the implant, correct? So how were you able to participate if you couldn't hear and understand speech? I'm glad you asked that question. And that was also a question I think my mom is so worried about because she was more nervous and worried for me than excited for me. However, in swimming, I explained to my coaches when I'm in the water, I have to take my processor off. I cannot hear like a sound. However, you know, I can read lips pretty well. So if you want to be able to communicate to me, you have to tap my shoulder let one of my teammates know that they need my attention, come closer so we can communicate and I'll try and repeat back what you said. If I'm not understanding, we can just write it on like a paper or whiteboard. And they were very flexible with that. And they were the ones that were actually more proactive about it than I was. It's my first practice. I explained it to my coach. I kind of asked him, how do you put the workouts, you know, down? He said, oh, you know, we use this large whiteboard. Everything's written on here all the time. So I'm like, Oh, great. That's awesome. That's great. Wow. Um, my coaches were very supportive of me. They had me kind of talk to my teammates about it. So they all understood. I also has a lot of different advocacy skills because my mom kind of instilled that in me throughout my whole life, pushing me to communicate at all times, pushing me to ask questions or ask people to repeat just all of that. Just being like, you're eventually going to be on your own. You need to have these skills. And I'm thankful for that. This is all so wonderful because oftentimes when individuals and even children, when they present with hearing loss, something that the parents really need to instill is speak up for yourself, be an advocate for yourself. Because unfortunately, if you are not, the possibility of someone else being an advocate for you is quite slim. And it seems as though you implemented the educational approach. I mean, I'm sure you educated your teammates and team members on hearing healthcare in and of itself. Am I correct in saying that? You kind of are, yeah. (laughs) So, Nolan, your involvement in sports brought you to participate in a television show and a very popular television show. So you were a contestant on American Ninja Warrior which is a show that is still airing. As I was telling you, my nephew Charles is a huge fan. And for our listeners who don't know what the American Ninja Warrior is, explain the TV show to us. All right, so American Ninja Warrior is a competitive obstacle course reality show in which competitors run through an obstacle course and every year and every city they go to, it's a different course and they select certain contestants that have a story that they want to air on their show. And most of these stories have some emotional experience to share, have some very heartwarming experiences to share. It's a very positive show, unlike the, some the scripted reality TV shows. Absolutely. So that's what American Ninja Warrior is. So when did you decide to try out to be a contestant. Like, I don't think everyone wakes up one morning and says, you know what? I'm going to go on American Ninja Warrior. (laughs) So what was the turning point? (laughs) So how I got into it was, I remember watching it when I was younger and saw it on TV again during season seven was the season I was really watching it. Just seeing the people running the course and just knowing myself. 
I want to try that. I want to see how you can go on to there and try it. Like, I live in LA right now. Like, this is the heart of entertainment. I'm sure it's somewhere here. Looked online and said, you have to do an application, send in some uh, photos and a video and just wait. I waited and got that call. They were like, hello, we want you on the show. And that was just pure excitement for me. (laughs) So that must have been like, oh my gosh, I'm getting on this show. This is what I set my mind to accomplish. How long did it take from the time that you submitted your application to the time that they called you with the great news? About three to four months before I got the call. So it was a wait. Sure. It was that anticipation, I'm sure. Like just waiting, like, am I going to get the call today? Am I going to get the call today? That is so phenomenal. So how far did you get in the competition, Nolan? The reality of it is no qualifiers and in finals. There are six different obstacles for the last one being their notorious wall, which is, you know, the half pipe wall you have to run up and catch on to. And that's where you hit the buzzer. Piece of cake, right? Come on. (laughs) It's fun. I didn't make it, but it is fun. (laughs) So there are six obstacles. I fell at the very end of the fourth obstacle which I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was a ring jump. And just the landing that I made on my last one, just impact of that force just made me lose my grip right there and then. But for me, it was all about the experience and I just had so much fun. So preparing for the show and getting ready for the show, what did that look like? I'm sure grip strength has to be like number one to ensure that, I mean, you're swinging from rings, with some of these obstacles. Mm -hmm. So what was your preparation? What did that look like? Any diet modifications, anything of that nature? I never did any specific training for it. I just did my typical workouts. I was really into just whole body workouts, body weight workouts. And in Santa Monica at the beach, they have an outdoor gym area that's got traveling rings and monkey bars. But like the monkey bars are maybe about eight to 10 feet apart from each other. So they're not just the monkey bars you see at school. You have to swing and jump and catch each bar. The traveling rings are just typical gymnastics rings, but there's a line of about seven of them. You just travel from one ring to the other, and that's all about, you know, having that arm strength and the grip strength. There is also the rope climb. So I did a lot of rope climb and then just typical bodyweight workouts. The two things I did practice, I wanted to practice, were the salmon ladder and the wall I found a gym that had those two things. So let me just try it. Tried both of them. I was like, okay, I know I can do it. That's all I'm going to do. That is awesome. I love the confidence. You're an athlete. For you, this was another competition, another game. But really, what's so amazing about your presence and your involvement in this television show is that you were able to raise awareness of hearing loss, of wearing Mm -hmm. a cochlear implant, and just removing the stigma associated with individuals who do present with hearing loss and participating on American Ninja Warrior had to have changed your life, Nolan. So how did it in fact change your life? Honestly, it did not change my life too much. I was able to have a little bit of fame from it, but for me, the fame was not the most important thing. However, it brought a lot of great experiences in the future years. I mean, for example, right now, our interview, that's another positive experience from the show. After the show, I've had invitations to go speak at different panels, at different conferences, all about the cochlear implant and just hearing loss and just the different tools and technology there are. It opened those doors of opportunity for me. Nolan, what I really 
admire about you and your journey is that you had mentioned to you it wasn't about the fame. And that is so admirable because it really wasn't. And even prior to getting on the show, I believe you were in school studying to start a career. And you're now a special education teacher in elementary school. Tell us how this came about, and do your students know that their teacher is, in fact, an American Ninja Warrior? First of all, my students, yes, they do know I am a Ninja Warrior, (laughs) and the whole school knows it is something that the school shares every year, and it's wonderful. And how I became a teacher, well, that was quite a journey. Long story short, went into college with an environmental science focus had to fill in a few extra classes into my schedule because I was a dual enrollment high school student. So I had a few college credits already counted. One course I took that fit in my schedule as a college athlete was intro to communication disorders. Started with that. I was like, oh, you know, I have a lot of personal experience in that and took it, loved it, switched majors into communicative disorders, was going to go on the path to become an SLP and just kind of focus on working with individuals with cochlear implants just because I am one myself. That's a great connection I'll be able to make with my patients. Was done with my major during my junior year. Decided to go into pre-med track because I was able to observe a few cochlear implant surgeries. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll become a surgeon now. I started pre-med, kind of got burnt out from that my last year of college. So decided to take a break instead of going straight into grad school. You know, so graduated, came back home, wanted to go back into something that focused on communication, but it's not just speech only. Learned about applied behavior analysis. That's working with children of autism, but also just individuals with any, you know, behavioral problems or communication issues or any of that stuff. So just a lot of evidence-based practice and started working the school system. And that's how I came about to be a teacher. That is incredible. And Nolan, thank you so much for all of the positives that you bring to the special education field, especially with ABA. And that buzzword that we really like at Hearing Matters Podcast is evidence-based practice. That is so important. Now, Nolan, we're wrapping up the show here, but what do you like to do when you're not teaching? Oh, when I am not teaching, I love to be outdoors, hiking, camping, roller skating, which is a hobby I picked up during the pandemic. I think a lot of people did, you know, just walking anywhere with my dog. I do have a dog. He's right in bed next to me right now. What Um, kind of dog do you have, Nolan? I have a boxer, a nice nine-year-old boxer. He's sleeping, tired, (laughs) driving right now. We're on a road trip because I'm on break this week. So I'm doing a little road trip myself. Let's see. I also like to cook with my mom a lot. I've also got into pressed flowers and leaves. And I kind of like that because I collect a lot of stuff in my hikes. I bring it home. I press it. That's pretty much it. You know, I'm very active. I like to be out just doing anything and something. That is awesome. So, of course, number one, incredibly well-rounded, just cultured, being outdoors. That is so wonderful. Now, Nolan, we've got to ask, have you ever thought about going back on the show? I have. and. Every year I say, you know, it'll be next year. It'll be next year. However, now that I'm done with school, my, you know, my master's, I am going to want to make a decision soon to see if I want to apply and go back on it. So maybe it'll be this year or another year, but I will be on it at some point. Awesome. And hopefully the Hearing Matters podcast team can be there to support you on the next 
episode that you are on on American Ninja Warrior. You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs. Today, we had American Ninja Warrior Nolan Gardner join us talking about his experience on the television show American Ninja Warrior and his experience as a cochlear implant user. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, hear life stories. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team we can continue to help our community hear life story.